Hey everybody, Ruvain Spolter here for The Mission Project. Many people around the world make it an important point to learn Torah every day. Many do Daf Yomi, many study Tanakh Yomi or the 929 Project, but others are just looking for a meaningful way to make Torah learning part of their daily schedule. And that's why I'm so passionate about Mishnah Yomi and The Mission Project. Mishnah is amazing, it's concise, it's clear, you learn so many critical topics and points of information about Shas, and you can cover ground. You can learn uh, Masechta, and then another Masechta, and before you know it, you've learned a Seder of Mishnah, you've covered a tremendous amount of Torah material just by spending 10 minutes a day. So won't you join the people who are proud of their Torah learning, their daily learning in the Mishnah Project, you can find the Mishnah Project and join our WhatsApp group or our Telegram group or learn on our website at mishnah.co. That's mishnah, M-I-S-H-N-A-H dot C-O. Join now because on November 17th, we finish Seder Zerayim and begin Masechet Shabbat and Seder Moed. What a great opportunity to join the Mishnah Project. Have a great day. everybody. Welcome to another edition of RZ Weekly, our weekly podcast about religious Zionism, modern orthodoxy, and everything in between. I'm here with Harab Johnny Solomon. Hello, Harab Johnny. Hello, and hello to everybody listening. Oh, the dulcet tones. It's like when he leans into the microphone. It's like, ah, where were you, Johnny? Like the commas over the last week. Harab Anit Mali Braski is here. Hello, Harab Anit Mali. Hello, how are you? I am well. Uh, I'm Ruben Spalter. Um, well... <laughs> We're two days after the election in, here in Israel, and we don't, we don't do, I, I don't know if our listeners have noticed, we often don't do politics, and we're not, gonna, we're not here to debate why, you know, like the, the political machinations, et cetera, et cetera, but this is RZ Weekly, Religious Zionist Weekly, and one thing we haven't talked about that's really been a topic of great discussion is the role of the religious Zionist uh, community what does it mean to have a party that says religious Zionism that represents, um, I wouldn't even say a narrow slice, it's really impossible to know how narrow a slice that represents certain ideologies and certain values that aligned itself with a much, much more right-wing party. Um, so many different questions. Plus, uh, at the end, after all of that, we have to address what does it mean when when there seems to be such a strong disconnect between the religious Zionist community in Israel and a, a, a corresponding religious Zionist community or modern Orthodox community that's very, very supportive of Israel in the diaspora. So I guess, Molly, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you. How did you feel? You're a religious Zionist, a passionate religious Zionist. You won. Malatov. How, how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, I was so I, I was hoping you would start with Johnny because I know that Johnny will say everything that I want to say, but just so much more eloquently and calmly and in a balanced way. Right, I'm going for your passion so you can balance it out. You know what no, I'm but saying? It's also, uh, okay, fine. So first of all, um, sorry, uh, we'll start again. Mazel tov, you won. Okay. How, how do you feel? Wait, are you are you saying that to all of us? Like we all won because we're religious Zionists? Because yes, 
Okay, not not like the assumption being that I voted for. No, 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 no. I don't know I, how you voted. I don't I, know how you and voted. I will, and I will say that I did not vote for the religious Zionist party. I could not vote for Smutrich or Ben Gvir, either one of them. Um, which, how do I feel? That's your question. I was not expecting that question. Can you go? Um, okay, this is how I feel. Um, I, I don't know. If wait, wait, wait get... a second. If you don't want to answer that question. No, no, no. I, I'll answer it in the following. I was using it as a way to get to sort of where you wanted to go. You know yes, exactly. So, so that's what I'll say. No, but I think I will get to how I feel in the end because it's, it's complex, right? So um, here, here's my shorthand feeling about the religious Zionist party, which is kind of what you asked about. I think it's important for our listeners to understand that the people who actually did vote for the religious Zionist party are not... Voted for, for voted for them for many reasons. I would say zero, the people that I know, right? I, I, the percentage of people who voted for the religious Zionist party because they are racists or hateful, um, or even interested in the, those aspects of um, of the platform is probably uh, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's probably pretty small. Um, we can unpack why people voted for Ben Gvir. Uh, there are a whole bunch of reasons. I think a lot of people were were impressed by Alex Israel's post on Facebook where he kind of broke it down. Um, I, I would say, this is thing I heard yesterday by, by a political analyst on the news, which is people voted for Ben Gvir because um, he's addressing, I mean, and everybody's been saying this, he's addressing concerns that people are concerned about. They're cons- they said, Miftzah Shomer Chomot is why people voted for Ben Gvir. Miftzah Shomer Chomot was when... Um, I forgot what started it. Maybe it was the Yom Yerushalayim. Does that when it started? It was in May. But it yeah. Basically, it basically led to riots within Israeli cities, right? Within Lod and other cities, and Israelis sort of woke up to the to the issue of we have chaos inside our own country, right? Um, and there just seems to be that sense of chaos, chaos. Um, you know, in terms of Israeli Arabs, lawlessness in the Negev, Yehudah Shomron, we're seeing a very significant uptick of um, of terrorist attacks and, and attempts, uh, all, all types of, you know, from like, oh, a Molotov cocktail was thrown at McDallow's to like, you know, actually somebody was murdered in Kiryat Arba on Matzah um, Shabbat, was it? Um, so there just seems to be this sense of like, um, somebody has to take care of the chaos, and I think Ben Gvir spoke to that. He also spoke to a very, and again, I don't need to go into all the details of it, but he, he didn't just speak to religious Zionists. He spoke to um, a, a lot of other, um, mem- a lot of other, he didn't, he, he didn't pull just from the religious Zionist constituency. So, and again, I'll just, I'll try to say this quickly, but, you know, People, people, and another point about this is people who voted for religious Zionism, people were voting for Ben Gvir or for Smutrich, and they kind of had like tunnel vision about the other side of it, right? So like somebody would say like, well, I'm voting for Smutrich, and they wouldn't even think about the Ben Gvir piece. Oh, I'm voting for Ben Gvir, and they wouldn't even think about the Smutrich piece. Um, and and, and I'll, I'll give you just one example. A friend of mine, I even asked her if I could quote her. Um, she's totally like American, Ali, hola, um, very bright person minimally into politics, not really, right? So who did she vote for? She voted um, 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 religious Zionism. Why? I'm going to read what she wrote to me. Figured BB will win. Then we need some firm representation in the government. They may be a little right for my liking, but hoping between the between um, left to the crazy and the more right, I don't know what she meant by that, but I guess the balance, then, then I would like everyone will be tempered towards the kind middle, right? That's what she's saying. All right, I don't love everything about uh, Ben Gvir, but like, I want to vote religious Zionist. I want to make sure that the right gets in. That's all cast my vote for him. And I think that's very, very typical. So 
it's important to me to, uh, to for Americans to understand that that this is not a movement towards you know hatred in the country and blah blah blah. That being said, how do I feel? I feel sad, and I'll tell you why I feel sad. I feel sad because the people in the government who now purport to represent me do not represent me at all. The religious Zionist party as it stands now, both Smutrich and Ben Gvir are two people that that could not less represent what I think the values of religious Zionism are. And that comes back that comes to your question of like religious Zionism and a party. Like there's this party in the government now, but it's not me. And it's not my religious Zionism, and not because they're fascists. And I mean, that's also a part of it. I don't want to minimize that part. And meaning, I, I can't. Like when I was watching the 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 night election night, and I'm watching Ben Gvir speak, and people are 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 are, are the, the people who are supporting him are saying some pretty extreme things. It's not doesn't make me feel comfortable. And then they interview some. It, it's these are not my people. Like I will say it straight out. They, he, they these are. They are extremists. They're they're also like bullies in their behavior, and and I don't like Smutrich either, right? And, and the fact something that was not mentioned. I don't even know if Americans know this. I don't know if we want to open the firestorm. But Noam, there are three parties in here. Noam is a very very radical party in terms of religious issues. They're very conservative, small C in terms of religious issues, right? Um, okay, now to wrap it up. But what I'm, my point is that my religious Zionism which is a much less um, extreme religious Zionism, that it's a much more accepting religious Zionism, that is a much more moderate religious Zionism, is not the religious Zionism that we see now. And that's going to affect a lot of things. And I'll just end with one last thing that brought it home for me. Um, they were interviewing somebody from Shas. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's absolutely, it's a great government. Like uh, the Haredim, the religious Zionists and us, we're all on the same page about everything right now, right? And they, they also, the Shas leans left politically a little bit. They've always have, Rebbe Fadjah did. So they're like, you know, listen, in terms of the like, you know, political right-wing extremism, extremism okay, so Bibi and I will kind of lematend that out. But in terms of religion, it's like, awesome, we all think the same. And I'm like, yes, you do, because the religious Zionists that are now, now in the government do think the same as the Haredim. And so like all these reforms that were happening, that we were hoping that were happening, we've interviewed Matan, we talked about Matan Kahana, sorry, Halafai, we had interviewed him, right? We were hoping for changes in the Rabbanut, in Giyur, in Gittin, in, um, in Kashrut. And now, now they've got people in the government who not just won't fight them on those things, but agree with them on many of those things. So that makes me sad. That makes me sad. The question of, what happened and why it happened, I'll, I'll stop talking now and maybe, well, if we have time, we can talk about that a little later. Johnny, I'll, I'll turn to you. Do you uh, agree with Molly? Are you like sad about the, the, I guess, the rise of this religious Zionism? How do you feel? I mean, I assume you're an RZ Weekly, you identify as a religious Zionist. How do you feel about a political party that pretends to represent your interests, at least from a political perspective? Okay, so I'm going to just make a few points and then get to those particular questions. Uh, and while Mali was speaking, I thought I'd visit, and we've done this before uh, in response to a previous election, I'd visit the websites, and it is votes25.bechiro.gov.il. I'm telling that to people because we have a system where you can check out uh, who voted for whom in every particular issue. And I want to just briefly do a survey of the three places we live. Mm -hmm because I think it really speaks volumes about the diversity of opinion 
and also about the power of this party uh, And so I live in a place called Eben Shmuel, uh, and I'm saying these as statements, as facts. By no means am I making any positive, uh, specific comment. But 53% of the people in my Yishuv voted for Tzionutadatit. Around 27% voted Likud, 95 for Shas, and 5% Habayta Yudi. Everything else is relatively small numbers, but feel free to check it out. In terms of Alon Shvut, Tzionutadatit got slightly less, 47%. But this is still mammoth. Habayta UD got 23.5%, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Likud got 40, almost 15%. And Machane Mamlachti, meaning Gantz, got 7%. In terms of Yab Yamin, 58% voted for Hatziyunut Adatit, 12% Yadut Torah, 10% for Likud, Shas, 8%, Habayta UD, 6 Now, why, why do I think it's important for us to pay attention to this? Firstly, because aside from the headline in all those Yishuvim, where Hatsiunutatit gets approximately or more than 50% of the votes in all our three Yishuvim, which differ in many, many different ways, all the other parties are very different in the distribution. Uh, you know, Shvut, the next one is uh, 23.5% Habayi Tiyudi. Um, whereas in Yabinim, in the next one is Yadot Torah at 12%. So point number one is there is diversity of opinion amongst some residents of our respective places of uh, living. I don't However, know, Johnny, I'm looking at Yad Binyamin. If, if 60% voted for Tzionut that's that's a pretty high majority. Right, you know? which is why I'm getting the however. What is however is, notwithstanding that diversity for the other 40 to 50% of the residents, what it does tell us is half of, if it's not us, uh, and I didn't vote for the meter, but half of our neighbors and friends voted for a conglomerate party whose opinions seemingly fall under the banner of Hatsiyanut Adatit. Each of us are religious Zionists. Each of us live in arguably strong religious Zionist communities. And all of us struggle to feel that what they are and what they say in many topics, maybe not all, are reflective of us. And that itself, just from a sociological perspective, is both worrisome and fascinating. You have this, you know, party all of a sudden has taken over over 50% of the vote and where we live. And no, I want it to be uh, more of a conversation, well, not just a monologue. So meaning to me, what you're saying, what you're saying so I, is so I just, I, things are changing, meaning for us, it's scary. But I think what you're saying is fascinating in that, like, did Smotrich steal religious Zionism or did, is he reflecting what religious Zionism is to a lot of people? And it's really different. Is, uh, is that what you're saying? I don't know the word I don't know that steal. I mean, I can feel very misrepresented, but nevertheless, I, I, I think, I actually think what people is say is... Either. Oh, uh, what I do no, know is yeah. What I do believe is that there is. Wait, a you can even. It's really hard to unpack signs. because really it's impossible to know. Like many people feel that Smotrich alone would have gotten you know five seats, and Ben Gvir sure. gave him all the seats. So it's impo- it's really mm-hmm. so it's impossible to know. Is this a religious Zionist win? Maybe they just got schmeisted, but they're they're in a good place because. He is writing on the coattails of the populism of Ben. It's really, really complicated here. But, but it does mean that people have been waiting for individuals and politicians who are savvy enough, capable enough to get the votes and feel that they're being represented. I don't think I'm being represented, but I do know that 50% of all the places we live, 
feel that these people are close enough representatives of them for them to give them their vote. Now that itself tells me that until now they felt underrepresented, now they feel happy. And from now, many people who are our religious Zionists who may well have felt underrepresented now feel misrepresented. Oh, okay. Well, oh, thanks. I'm sorry, I was writing something down to, re to respond to you. Ma Ma Molly, I was, what I want to get, like, I sort of want to get to is, I, I would say this. Uh, I'm not going to say how I voted because that's my personal thing. I've been very vocal in defending um, the, those people who, who wanted to vote for Bank Vier, and I'll explain why in a second. But I think for me, I'll tell you honestly, one of the things that turns me off the most about uh, the, uh, religious Zionism and Basalus Mochitz is his tone. It's the, it's the sort of the way that he speaks. It's mostly, it's like this sort of attitude, like, I'm, I know I'm smart. I know I'm smarter than all of you. I have the solution to everything. And, you know, you kind of have to listen to me. But that's just, the, I don't think it's his religious Zionism per se. But I think that tone turns a lot of people off because it's not welcoming. It's not warm. It's not the religiosity and the openness that we want, that we want to sort of convey. But then I start to wonder myself, you know, so all the years, like the religious Zionist party had this wonderful, warm and welcoming tone. And they were shmatas. They like people just walked all over them. You know, they would like, they would be like the, the rubber stamp for whatever big party wanted to have some nice religious people and throw them a little bit of money. And then all of a sudden comes along, you know, Smotrich and come along Ben Gvir, even more Ben Gvir. And somehow they understand that in the world in which we live and the political arena in which we live, you know, that, that old tone got us nowhere. It got us, you know, like maybe the Mistrada that tote, which was stolen from us years ago. And so, you know, what is, like, we have to, if you want to play in an arena, if you want to succeed in the political game, you have to speak a certain language and you have to do it in a certain assertive way. And Ben Greer was the master of that. And I'll, I want to, I want to, I'm going to come back to that in a second. But the thing that I, like, I really wanted to talk to both of you about is, like it's when you when you this when you mix religion and politics in the way that Israel does in such a disturbing manner, we'll call it that. You know, religion is not meant to be part of politics. There was the Navi and there was the Melech. The Melech was a politician, and the Navi was the guy that was supposed to represent God, and he was supposed to speak in truth and speak in a speak in a speak in a in a uh, uh, a more like I guess measured tone and a religious tone and a spiritual tone. And, and now, because of the realities of life, we sort of mix the two. And we have people that, protect, that, that, that represent religion. Shas represents, you know, you know, Yahadut Torah. You know what I'm saying? Are these people Yahadut Torah? No, we never really thought that's Yahadut Torah. That's the name of the political party, Yahadut Torah. And maybe we need to reconcile ourselves to say they don't represent Sionuta Datit. They represent a community of people in Sionuta Datit. They represent the financial interests that we need for our yeshivot and our mechinot and all of the things that are necessary in Tzionudatit. They represent some of the interests. But they, I have to get used to the fact that I, don't, I shouldn't expect my politicians to represent my religion, but instead they re represent me in the political sphere. And I, I think that, that might be part of our education. What, what do you think about that? So I, I was thinking about that actually before we started. And because last year I just kind of reread Hamesh Treshot, right, the Rav's... Um, um, addresses to the Mizrahi party. So, well, first of all, I want to say one thing, which is... Wait, before yeah. you do that, I just want to say one thing. Yeah. Even if you don't want to do that, if you don't play this game, your right. community will lose and suffer terribly. Okay, good. Exactly. So the first thing I want to say is that you are 100% right, that something that I have seen is that to succeed in politics, 
um, like being a, able to be a successful politician and being able to be a yashar, decent, polite human do not seem to go together. And every single politician who has tried Wait, in the public sphere, I meaning it could be wonderful personal people. But yeah, when that's you what get I mean. But of... I'm saying the wonderful personal people do not survive. The people who survive. Now you're missing what I mean. Meaning I don't know anything about Benghazi. Oh, you're saying you're right. Like they say, like you know, uh, what's your name? Shelly Yachimovich and um, what's his name? We're best friends. You know what I'm saying? Like right. right. All... But exactly. it's a game. It's a show. It's a game. You have to, but you have to know how to play the game. And look who look who survives. Do you know what I'm saying? The people who we, we can't get rid of, Bibi Netanyahu. Arye Derry, right? And, um, you know, somebody like Lieberman, right? And now I think Ben Kvir. And the people who fall by the wayside are all those well-meaning, nice people who, like, you know, dip their toe into politics and just can't make it. Get flung aside, like, in a second. Yeah, like, literally. (laughs) So, like, I think that's important to understand. And and therefore, it creates a problem if, if what we're looking for is like, you know, we keep hopefully voting for these people like, oh, this guy, he's a real mensch. You know, this guy, oh, I, I really admire his his um, his ability to be measured. Those guys, like, they are gone within, you know, one election cycle. So so, so, that, so that's, you know, one side of it. And the other side of it, as I said, is I'm reading Khamesh Trashot and Rav Soloveitchik is fighting and arguing and believing that, like, it's really important to have religious Zionist representation in politics. You know, he's talking about the, about the Mizrahi. But at the same time, the, the, they are the, the, he talks about the, like, our, the, our faces down here are supposed to represent the Malachim above, and therefore we have to behave, you know, according to the values of the Torah and be, you know, impeccable models of moral and ethical behavior. And I'm like, so, so then maybe we are supposed to be doing this, but no, it it doesn't seem to be. I don't know how you square that circle. I don't think and you it, can. I would say Rav Soloveitchik was the Navi, and then he had a politician perhaps, who had to correct, go and, correct, you know what correct. I'm saying? He was the Rosh Yeshiva. And then Norma Lem had to go and do what he didn't want him to do in order to make the yeshiva survive. Right. So then I don't know. Right. So then what, what does it mean to be a religious Zionist movement in Israel? And what are we supposed to be doing? And how does that, are we supposed to be a political party? And that's the other important point that you made. And that I think is a good point to point out, which is the religious Zionist party is not really about the religious, it's not about religion. And that's something that's very unfortunate. They're not, for, for a long time already, they gave up um talking about at least religious Zionism, they ceded religion to the Haredim really quickly. And even today, I would say, most religious Zionists are not, unlike Shas, right? Shas, they're voting for Shas and Yaduna Torah because, um, because of religious issues, right? Like, you know, again, sadly. Wait, right? you, th- when, wait you think that even Smotrich and his, they are in that wait, ilk? They're not interested in religion? No, no, in- let me say what I mean. Let okay. Let me say what I mean. So again, when when when, uh, when Arya Derry is speaking, what are they all screaming? Lieberman Habaita, Lieb- not Lieberman. Sorry, uh, Lapid Habaita, Lapid Habaita. Maybe Lieberman. I don't remember. But one of those two or both of them, right? It's because they felt that that they are attacking their religious values, right? The Datilumi party. There are some religious stuff, but that's more like the Noam stuff. And yeah, I agree with you, Smutrich. But what it really is is politics, right? It's not. It's like I want a right wing representative in government. It's not. I want somebody who's going to make sure that, um, I don't know, what religious issue would the religious Zionists care about? You know? One second. Wait, wait, wait. You no, think, I have to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story. 
are much more committed to religious things. No, uh, I, I'm saying they absolutely, knew, they absolutely they, put they, it in the they, forefront of yeah, their political for them, agenda. For, I'm just saying it, it could be that religious absolutely. Zionists people are confused, right? Because forefront. they're like, I'm a religious Zionist. Well, what does that mean? It what means you, on the radio um, today they were talking with this shas guy. On the radio today they were talking on the radio today we're talking with this guy of shas. And he said, we believe that t- there should not be Tachburat Ziburit in Tel Aviv on Shabbat. Yes. And, and that's our position. And this is important. The religious the Zionists don't I know that they that say way. that. Why, do, why I, are religious I'm Zionists... I'm well aware that they say that. No, but Johnny, why... But why are they in government? I mean, they hope for that, but fundamentally, priorities get... oftentimes become about Mosdot. And so, then, yeah. if we can, you know, okay. there's a question of prioritization. Who You're telling your Tzibur that that's what you care about, which saying, you do care about, but nevertheless, to get into government, why, you wait, can't wait, guarantee Mali's that. Why do religious Zionists vote for the religious yeah, Zionist Ma- party? They want to vote for a right-wing party that also looks like them and represents them, but they're not voting for the religious Zionists because of religious issues. That All right, we're, we're going to Molly, right? we're going to come back to this in a second. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll... Pick up the discussion right after this. Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon, and I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a she'ila, a halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. Okay, we're back. Uh, I got to tell you a story, and then we'll come exactly right back to that. I totally agree with you about the fact that the religious Zionist party, or we'll call it the Bayad Hayyudi, and then Yamina, and then Maftal, they, they've sort of they abandoned religion a long time ago. And that's personally, that's been something that's of great concern to me. Meaning, like, if you want to have a sectoral party, the reason why you appeal to a sector is in order to, uh, to, to, to I guess, uh, promote the agenda of that sector, whether it's in Mosdod, whether it's in funding, but also in, in, in ideology. So I had friends who, had, who wanted you know, to vote for Ayala Shaked this last time. We all know she didn't come close to passing, and they had a chug by it. Yeah, in, but Alon Shvot, 25 yes. per, almost 25% voted. Wait, we had a chug by it. Yes. That's, that, that's, but that's an ideological statement. I want to vote for what yes. I think my religious vi- Zionist values are, and they are much more represented by Shaked, so I'm going to vote Shaked, <laughs> even though I'm throwing my gar- vote in the garbage. That's why people voted Shaked. We had a chug by it, and Ayala Shaked came, and it was pretty brave of her because she has a lot of people who really don't like her because of whatever. Um... I had one question. So for me, one of the issues that's really important to me is what we, is the Chok HaShvut and the Seif HaNechet. Have we spoken about that on this, uh, on this podcast? You wrote about I it. I did write about I, it. I but it's, it's, a, it's really, really an important issue to me. I think, that it's a, like, I think that there are certain issues that are just fundamental and important and need to be addressed. And I had been in contact with people in the, we'll call it in the Tzionuda the Tea Party, and they were very interested in it. And so I raised my hand and I asked Ayala, and I said, What's your position about this issue? And what she answered was, she said, listen, 
I'm the Sarat Hapnim. It's a very delicate time. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to address it. And I was really, really upset about that. And I wrote a post about that on Facebook. And I said, I think I wrote it in Hebrew. I said, listen, if you, if you, okay. if the religious Zionist party, you're appealing to me in my constituency as a religious Zionist party. If you're not even willing to take a position on a religious issue and understand that this is important, why should I vote for you? What, what, what's your zechut kiyum? Meaning, uh, what we kept hearing over and over again was, you know, we don't have a party. I don't have someone representing me. But if my party, the, the person representing me, can't find a representative led by a religious person, not the, not a, like, it, not a, not, not that she was a woman, God forbid, but, you know, the, the person leading the supposedly, you know, matun religious Zionist party isn't religious. You know, like, that's not their values. That's where you're looking for comfort. Then we have a problem in and of ourselves. The problem comes from our community. And the problem is not anybody else's fault. It's our fault. And therefore, if all we're left with are you know, the people we don't necessarily like, what are you going to do? Like, like, like your friend said, you know, you hold your nose and you vote and you hope that they represent the values that you have. Johnny, you wanted to say something. Looking no, I mean, uh, I, no, I, I think this question of to what extent are religious positions truly uh, the priority of religious parties is a fascinating one. Again, I am well aware of the rhetoric. I'm well aware of what people say, but I also know that much of what people say doesn't materialize. And then you have to kind of separate the two and ask yourself how much of this is politics? How much of this is just talk? How much of this is absolute values? Um, and, and, but, and I do think there is a difference and distance between all three. But I do want to return to this point that where you know, 50 plus percent uh, thereabouts of all our places where we live, vote for Atsunotadati. Why? Uh, and, and it's because there's been an absence. There's been a sense of loss and confusion. You mentioned Abayat Yudi, and we think of Ayelet Shaked, and I take my hat off for her grit and determination, but reality is there's been some very poor decisions for many years, and that's why she basically didn't pass the Hasimah, right? And so people want to feel that the things that are on their mind are, are going to make a difference. And all of a sudden, you're right that Smotrich was a cooler personality, comes on Bengvir, and whatever we think about what he said, of which much certainly is distasteful in my eyes, he has developed this persona where people have felt he could be a guy that I can have a beer with. You know, I may not necessarily share the opinions when we're having the beer, here is a person who is not going to stay silent. And that's really the whole point. And I just want to mention something uh, closer to home. The day after the elections, there was a picture of our local mayor with a meeting of Smotrich. Why, why Smotrich around my neck of the woods? I would say, I mean, not that I kind of followed him, because who lives in Merka Shapir, which is a main yeshuv near where I live? Rav Druckmann. And Rav Druckmann has been a very clear advocate, um, or, you know, ready for many years. And all of a sudden, this for guy, you know, for Smartridge. yeah, for Smartridge, Smartridge, who has been, uh, uh, you know, involved in politics, has had, uh, you know, ran the transport ministry for a while. But nevertheless, on the, on the margins, he's now with the support of Rav Druckmann and, and the kind of people that Rav Druckmann has inspired, which includes some of the people in our respective issue of him. He's now able, I'm quite sure he went there, you know, got a hug and a kiss and said, you've done good, boy. Because <laughs> now, no, quite, no, I mean that sincerely, because through this endeavor, through this delicate process of figuring out 
how that view of religious Zionism can get power and make a difference, they're now the kingmakers. I mean, we're not even mentioning Bibi because we know actually the strongest voice in all of this is Ben Gvir alongside that Smotrich. When you've got, was it 14 or 15? What did it work out? But you've got that kind of numbers of seats then you really are, you've got significant leverage. And politically, they, and did, so, they did very, very well. They did so well that Bibi cannot really turn to any other party right, and kick right. them even, out. The only thing, deal. Even if he breaks yeah. them up into three, but they're not going to agree to break up. And so yeah. there's nobody that he can replace them with. It's not even, uh, even okay. if the answer would agree. I want to yeah. go back. We, we, have a, we have a time limitation. I want to go yes. back to what Johnny started with, which is the idea of Ben Gvir and the appeal of Ben Gvir here in Israel and the, the, the fact that he is considered so um, distasteful, definitely here in Israel among the left, but without a doubt in our, you know, with our compatriots in, um, in Chutzar. So, so the first thing I want to say is that one of the appeals of Ben Gvir is, and he's, he had, this is not something that he started doing this year, is his refusal to accept the, the incredible double standard that there is in Israel vis-a-vis the Arab parties. I mean, he's been saying this literally for years. He's been talking about the fact that the Arab parties incite to violence for, for years and years. And, and, the, and the fact that the, the mainstream Israeli public would just overlook it, pretend it as if it wasn't true. Meaning, you know, they would, you think that tweets about Shahidim, you know, about terrorists murdering Jews are new? No, these are, these are things that have been happening all the time. Except Ben Gvir finally got somebody's attention He's garnered, you know, tremendous popularity based on that. And now you have other people responding to that and saying, this is not okay. This is not acceptable. But he's literally been talking about that for years. And I think that he's tapped into a sort of frustration about this sort of, no, no, what are you going to do? Like, these are the people. He's, there's, there's just tremendous, like Mali said, about Shomer HaChomot. He's, he's tapped into this tremendous frustration and said, like, look, look at what these people are saying from the plenary of the Knesset. They're against the government itself. They're against your country. How can you have people that are against your country leading your country? And, right. and, and, and now the Amit Segal said, like, the, the, the fact that the entire country was waiting to see if Balad, which is a, you know, they're not even playing a game. They are completely, you know, anti-Israel in all senses of the word, was going to pass the Achuz Chasima to see how that would affect, and they were considered part of, like, the left and that, what that would affect. Like, what's going on here? And, and as Ruby said, like, but we're not going to talk about that, how, like, ridiculous that is, that people who, like, incite to murder against Israeli soldiers are, like, they might change the fate of, you know, on election night. No, no, nobody will say that out loud. That's the so, quiet part that nobody will say so out ben loud. So Ben Gvir said that out loud. And, ben, and the, the thing that you see is that Ben Gvir's popularity wasn't religious. It really wasn't religious. You know, when, remember when he walked into that, that Chiloni school and, and, and he wasn't afraid? And these kids, are, these kids are cheering for him. These kids because they're the ones that are going to be going to serve in the army. And that's, no, it's it really, really important it to them. It scares me because he's trying to make himself into, he's, he's Kilo, pretending that he's, Calm down his views, and the picture's not on the wall anymore. And right. don't say Marat Lava Aravim, say Mavet Lemichablim. But the truth is, when he brings Rav Lior on stage and Ben C, whatever his name Gopstein, is, the head of Gopstein, Gopstein yeah. the head of Lahava, like. Uh, well, Rav Lior is not fair. Come on. If you bring Rav Lior on stage. Really? I'm just saying. <laughs> you can bring Rav Lior on stage. Maybe Gopstein is a problem. I'm just. 
Anyway, we won't so, get into uh, that conversation. So, I'm just saying, so, what I'd like there's to say something to our, worrisome there. And you know uh, yes. me, I'm the big one who's going to say, like, Americans, you don't understand what's going on. This is not a raci- racism, fascism. Calm down. It's much more complicated. At the same time, I'm also saying, we got to, and again, I'm not worried that policy wise anything's going to happen. And again, because Bibi will not let that happen. Bibi always likes to be the rightest. If he had his ways, he'd be the rightest. And he's got shots in there. Like, what, what's going to really happen? I'm not really, I mean, I hope I don't have to eat my words. But as of now, I'm not worried about things like that. But I am worried about the fact, as you said, that like he's riling up the youth, the language that he speaks, and the language that Smutrich speaks. I don't want these people to be our role models. Yeah, I don't, but didn't we, like, you don't want them to be your role models, but didn't we just say that we need them in order to... Uh, achieve political so goals. So I'm saying on the other side of it is that I don't like seeing a bunch of boys jumping up and down, um, you know, young, impressionable young men jumping up and down in, and rooting for Ben Gvaret's budget. It turns my stomach and it worries me a little bit. Johnny. Uh, okay, so just a few minor things that are worthwhile mentioning. Uh, uh, and this is not where we should shine our light. But still, we have seen in recent weeks a few unusual uh, acts of violence of what I don't like to call settlers, but nevertheless, that's how the news portrays things. So, meaning things are changing on the ground and some not for the good. Wait, wait, wait a second. Uh, and- One second. I, I really don't like when we do this because, and this is exactly what Ben Gvir talks about. Yes, I decry any kind, any time, any Jew attacks an Arab. I decry it. It's inappropriate. It's unbelievable. But you have people that simply for the crime of driving home or driving to school, They've been having rocks thrown at their cars well, I'm, time I'm after time. Well, I, I said, wait, 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 no, no, no. What? One second. And therefore, in order to try to create some Seder where there is no Seder, I understand if someone is, throws a rock at an Arab because they've been stoning them for weeks. And nobody mentions that. Nobody mentions that there's a well, thousand I, rocket attacks every that, time. That, that, yeah, that. I want to just, can I just say I, one thing? I, I, that's why Ben You hear it. Well, you have Ben Gvir and we have Balad. Ain't Symmetria been Ben Gvir and Balad. Not even close. Not even close. What, what, what the reason I mention that, and I say, and, and I say, I say it cautiously, but nevertheless, I say it precisely because I'm well aware that people listening to this podcast aren't uh, necessarily uh, given all the news that we see on a day-to-day basis is that we should be concerned when words are translated into acts and we shouldn't be naive in thinking that that doesn't happen within religious Zionist groups. I want to make that clear because we should make that clear, period. I, Wait, however, can I respond to that? However, Wait, can what, I respond to no, that? No, because one second, it's, it's a one point of three, right? <laughs> point number two is, if you want to understand who is Ben Kavir, if you want to understand why the people voted as did, he is not diplomatic. That's why he got these votes, because people are absolutely fed up. Because while what I just mentioned is a, a, a outlying flashpoint that's happened once or twice in recent weeks, what's happened every single day, every single day, are terrorist attacks. Every single day, people have been hurt, people have been killed. People aren't aware of this, people don't track this outside of Israel, and even inside of Israel, they often don't even get close to the front page. And people, especially those who live on a day-to-day basis of being tense, driving just to be able to see their kid, or, or collect some milk, who live like that, are kind of said, we're done. Because diplomacy hasn't 
necessarily improve my quality of living. Diplomacy hasn't made me feel safer. Diplomacy hasn't stopped terrorism. Diplomacy hasn't stopped the fact that where I live, there are rockets every six months. I have to take my kids into bomb shelters. So I mentioned the first thing because I feel I have a duty to. I also strongly mentioned the second one because if you want to understand... Wait, doesn't point two contradict point propor- one? No, nothing contradicts nothing. We don't like when words turn to acts, but we also don't, and we also recognize that words don't work. Now we're tired of the words. But, so then but, we do want words to turn to act because acts stop acts. But, you know, but but Ruby, we want the words to turn Violet, to legal acts and, and to and to acts that are and that's what, governmental and that's acts. What not that's what Ben Shapiro. That's what Ben Shapiro is saying for years. It's, we okay. want the legal people I'm to represent saying, Johnny's us. Johnny's pointing out that. We want, I'm not, we want the Shabak to protect us, not to be looking out to try to, BD, every time, every BD time you said something we don't like. A hundred percent. So what we're having is, right now, we are having groups of people, all right? So in fact, let's not say groups. We've seen one or two groups who've taken the law into their own hands because they're absolutely frustrated. Why are they frustrated? That evidence is, you know, is very, very clear to see, which is a constant not just murmur, but reality of terrorism, of violence on innocent civilians time after time across the country, by the way, um, not just in the most dangerous mm-hmm. stuchim. That's, that, that's itself a misrepresentation of the left. And people are saying th- th- the attempts of diplomacy, of saying that two sides to everything and they're the same, which they are not, right, is, is both false is almost offensive. In fact, almost it is offensive to the citizens of Israel. And if somebody's prepared to actually speak my reality, I'm prepared to go with him. If you want, meaning, if you want to understand Ben Gavir, you have to understand that deep, deep, deep frustration. Some of which has been expressed improperly. Most of which actually hasn't been expressed improperly. It's been expressed in the polls. And I think it's a good point. Now, also, the about question the, is, the what's going to happen with those polls? Meaning, the institutions of the police, the institution of the 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 um, the courts. I think people also feel it's not just this. You know what you're talking about in terms of like, you know, acts of terrorism. It's do our governmental um, systems, are they actually taking care of us? And I think that people feel the, for a lot of people, they feel the answer is no. I think that's also part, another piece of this. Could be that's right. what you meant. Right. There's a, there's a much deeper question. I Meaning all of this stems from. Wait, is there a third point, Johnny? You said you had three things to say. No, but well, me, me, so, so my, the, the third point was really this, I, this populism, this lack of diplomacy. So you have the handful of flashpoints of people taking the law their own hands. It's wrong. I want to say it's happened. I want to say it's wrong. And I also want to say it's not endorsed by even Bank of But nevertheless, it's not, it, to think that it's not uh, stimulated by some of these words, then it's spiriting actions, that's also foolish. Point number two is, overall, there is this reality of, of pain, frustration, and loss that is ignored, uh, and I'd say at the peril of the Jewish diaspora relations. Because when people say, you know, everyone should play well, you say, one second, how can it be that, you know, I, I just want to go down the road and I'm worried that sniper is going to shoot me? And I'm just looking at my, it, my WhatsApp. This morning, stabbing attack on two policemen, both stabbed and, and injured. Yesterday, terror attack at the entry of a checkpoint, Vam ran into the, into the checkpoint. I want right? to sort of wrap it up. Know that? Yeah. My, my, I I guess my answer to people who are writing articles in the Times of Israel about how terrible and we're worried about, uh, you know, how America doesn't perceive us, it is something to be worried about. But my my answer to you is 
Sometimes, to, by the way, Ben Kavir says it's not something to be worried my, about. That's, a, that's the key point. My, we need to understand his what his argument is. I'm not so interest, interested in being diplomatic. I'll go and visit them after I win the election. Right, but he doesn't like, care what American like jury thinks about them. And most of Israel That's doesn't. the point. Wait, wait, wait a second. My, my Whether we like that or not, that's the point. My answer to you is, yes, sometimes the answer really is move to Israel. And when it's your lived reality, and if you still feel the same way you feel, you have every right to say something. But sitting in the comfort of your own home in Queens and criticizing people in Israel for their perception of their lived reality and for voting for people out of a sense of desperation or frustration, I, I think that's something that's inappropriate for people to do. So if you're writing your article from Modi'in or Modi'in elite or wherever it is in Israel and it's your lived reality and you still feel that way, me'achuz, you have every right to say it. But if it's not your lived reality, come live here and then say the same thing. That's my perception. That's my, that's my feeling. Johnny, you want to wrap it up? I, the, the only thing I'd, I'd question is you, you say their perception level of reality. It's our of reality. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that every person whose reality that's lived necess- votes for Hatsunota no, no, Dati. I didn't. That's, my, that's what I'm right. saying. Never, but nevertheless, it, it, it's, it's crucial. It's crucial for people to recognize that the picture that they are given about how things are here as to why people are voting for particular parties isn't because people are innately racist it's because people are well may well be the summer admittedly but it's mostly because people are incredibly frustrated that for decades and decades that what we wanted isn't happening and in you i mean we both lived uh, in yabinimin i since moved to evan Shmuel, but you know most of those people there used to live in Gush Katif. You know, ask, ask out my, my former neighbors, your neighbors, how do they feel that their houses were taken, they're living there, they're still rocketed when they drive, travel to wherever their kids go to Yeshivot and Midrashot, they still have to, you know, worry about security. That's just like, enough already. People are just fed up. Um, and, and this vote is a vote to express that expresses... Yeah. yeah I, I think people are going to find that it's much easier to how should we say this, be bombastic in politics than it is to actually solve problems. I think where people are going to find that. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think, God willing, you know, hopefully things will get better. I'm somewhat confident that, um, I don't know, I guess I'm not somewhat confident of anything. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Mm. And also, again, I want to I wanna point out that, you know, <laughs> what you're saying all now is that, like, we people all voted for Ben Gvir because they are feeling existential security threats. Not everybody. Meaning, what I'm, meaning I'm saying it's even no, less I think racist. Look for identity. There are people who are voting for Smutrich because they want the religious Zionist person in charge. Oh, without like, a even doubt. Even people who without feel perfectly safe in Bechemesh, it's like, like my friend, oh, of course I'm going to vote for Bibi or Smutrich. I will think I'll vote Smutrich because, like, you know, I want to vote for my, my people. Religious Zionists, my people. They don't think deeper or, or, or farther than that. And I think Americans have to understand that, that, like, you know, the, the like, the polar, that's, this is another point. I don't know what, what you guys think of this, and I'm not sure if I completely agree with myself, but I'll throw tentatively. Just throw it out the as, pol- a, as the, a last comment. The polarization in, in America, you know, that exists between these, the, these two parties and what they've become to symbolize. And if you vote, if you stand for this one, then you believe these extreme things. And if you stand for that one, then you believe that extra, extreme things. I think in Israel, it's a little bit more matun. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, I'll vote for Ben Gvir. I'll vote not. I'll vote for Ben Gvir. I'll vote for. I'll vote for the religious Zionists because I want to vote for. Like, I'm not afraid of someone putting a giant, 
you know, ism stamp on my forehead in the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like here, people are still not afraid to say who they voted for. You're allowed to ask who you voted for and people say so. There's like a certain like inflammatory rhetoric and, and perspective that is less, maybe it'll still get here and there are certain, certain like corners where it still exists. But I think people realize that, that like life's more complex, people's decisions are more complex. Um, you can't just kind of pin people down to like, if you do X, then you must believe Y. I don't know, Molly. I think there was some Ben Gvir shaming going on. Remember the whole Zara incident where that guy housed, uh, had a thing and for Ben Gvir and then they had boycotted his whole, his businesses. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not coming here, but I'm saying the news. One of the things they were wondering is how come, how is it that Tzinu Dedatit never got that same amount of, of credit in the polls? So somebody said that maybe when people were called, they were embarrassed yeah. to say you yeah. know, to say the truth. For sure. Yeah, I'm not saying the same patterns mm. don't happen. You know, the same yeah. patterns do happen, but it's not a one-to-one comparison. Okay, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Um, obviously, so much more to say. I actually think there's much more I was going to say, much more. There's a deep ambivalence in the country about the whole, uh, I would say, the settler enterprise, the legitimacy of being out in these places. And that sort of motivates a lot of the, the country's actions. That's what's frustration about that as well. Just kind of throw that out there before we stop. So much more to talk about. Can I say probably... one, something nice, one positive thing? Yeah, sure. Please. Somebody who I work with who's completely Haredi, not completely Haredi, let's say he, he's sort of gray. Um, you know what bothered him the most about the election? That merits and or labor that one of them wasn't going to pass the threshold. And I was like, what, mm. why? He's like, because I really think it's important to have ideological voices in the Knesset. Even if I totally disagree with those ideological voices, like it's sad to me that that like that that left ideological voice is is disappearing. That old Mapai is you know kibbutz settler voice is disappearing because it was a strong ideological voice. Well That's- if you were here, as you I would put it's really interesting that Shas ran on a policy of social welfare, of mm-hmm. bringing food for the poor people, and Meretz or Avodah ran on Shabbat. So something oh, happened. Yeah. And one more last point that I thought was interesting and nice. Sorry, just and that, you uh, didn't uh, mention filling gate as well. Filling gate was, was, was also issue. nice. It was a huge issue, solved. by the way. Shas is saying like, tons of people voted for them in the end. Yeah. Because it's filling gate, really interesting. But that's also fascinating, and, and I think this is a nice place to end. Also, which is that um, the response to filling gate was a million merits people, or maybe five, but you know the ones that got to <laughs> you know social right. media started putting on fill in. And when I, I, again, when I heard an interview with somebody from labor, she was kind of defending herself and saying, you know, when I was in labor, I always said that we shouldn't fight religion, we should celebrate religion. So like, it's- You're gonna see that. You're gonna see the left coming back to religion from their perspective. And that is a positive thing in terms of the the countries. Bezat Hashem, okay, we'll look forward to that. We'll continue next week. And I hope that it's not destroyed by the people who are now representing me in the government. Chas v'shalom, Bezat Hashem. Can we always get along together? Who I hope will (laughs) learn how to, how to, Represent religion in a way that shows that Derecha and Derecha Okay, so obviously Not that no, kind of Noah. No one's going <laughs> to... No one's going to have any passionate responses to what we say, but if in theory you do, you're welcome to respond to us on the Facebook. You know, send us WhatsApp messages as you always do. I'm um, Ruben Spolter. Thanks, Molly Brevsky. Thanks, Rob Johnny Salman. Thanks, my son, for our music. Have a great day, everybody. No, I was the one...